0: I learned several years ago from a, uh, a great aunt of mine that my family line, I am descended from a... This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, coming to you from Riverside, California, in podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. I'm glad you're here. This is The Daily Podcast, where we read the entire Bible in a year. I'm recording this on Labor Day evening about, oh, 7.30. I hosted a house full of family today. My mother-in-law, with whom we celebrated her 89th birthday, and various brothers and sisters-in-law, nieces and nephews, and their kids, ages ranging from about four to ten years, and this big crowd was here today to celebrate in and around the swimming pool. 16 guests. With me is the sole host, since the lovely lady Leanne had to work today. And Leanne and I were up last night until the wee hours preparing for them, and I was awake at 5.30 this morning to do some more preparation. So all that to say, (laughs) I'm wiped out. I'll try to make it a good show for you anyway, though. Today we're going to read from the book of Joshua, chapters 1 through 5. I'll give you some of my thoughts on those chapters, and then there's the On This Day in Church History segment, We don't have any prayer requests today, so we'll skip that. But let's have a little intro to Joshua now. Joshua is the man that God chose to lead the children of Israel into the Promised Land. Moses had brought them to the threshold, but because Moses had disobeyed God at a certain point along the way during their 40-year wandering in the wilderness, which we'll read about further on down the road as we read through the Bible— Because of that, God did not allow Moses to enter the Promised Land. It was Joshua who would take up the mantle of leadership. Can you imagine filling those shoes? Ah, That's not a job I think I would want. So let's get started. Joshua chapter 1 After the death of the Lord's servant Moses, the Lord said to Moses' assistant Joshua, son of Nun, My servant Moses is dead. Now you and all these people must cross the Jordan River into the land that I am going to give the people of Israel. I will give you every place on which you set foot, as I promised Moses. Your borders will be the desert on the south, nearby Lebanon to the Euphrates River, the country of the Hittites, on the north, and the Mediterranean Sea on the west. No one will be able to oppose you successfully as long as you live. I will be with you as I was with Moses." I will never neglect you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, because you will help these people take possession of the land I swore to give their ancestors. Only be strong and very courageous, faithfully doing everything in the teachings that my servant Moses commanded you. Don't turn away from them. Then you will succeed wherever you go. Never stop reciting these teachings. You must think about them night and day so that you will faithfully do everything written in them. Only then will you prosper and succeed. I have commanded you, be strong and courageous, don't tremble or be terrified, because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp, tell the people, get your supplies ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River to take possession of the land the Lord your God is going to give you. Next, Joshua said to the tribes of Reuben and Gad and half of the tribe of Manasseh, Remember what the Lord's servant Moses commanded you, Moses said, The Lord your God will give you this land, a place to rest. Your wives, children, and livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan River. However, all your best soldiers must march in battle formation ahead of your relatives. You must help your relatives take possession of the land the Lord your God is going to give them. Then they will have a place to rest, like you do. After that, you may go back and take possession of the land east of the Jordan River which the Lord's servant Moses gave you. The people responded to joshua we'll do everything you tell us and go wherever you send us we will obey you as we obeyed moses may the lord your god be with you as he was with moses whoever rebels against your authority or does not obey your orders will be put to death just be strong and courageous joshua chapter 2 from shittim joshua son of nun secretly sent out two men his spies he told them go Look at that country, especially the city of Jericho. So they went to Jericho and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab to spend the night there. The king of Jericho was told, Some Israelites have entered the city tonight. They came to gather information about our land. So the king of Jericho sent messengers to Rahab who told her, Bring out the men who came to your house. They came here to gather information about the entire land. But the woman had already taken the two men inside and hidden them. So she said, Yes, the men did come here, but I didn't know where they had come from. When it was dark and the gate was just about to close, they left. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you'll catch up with them. She had taken them up to the roof and covered them with the flax which she had laid up there. The king's men pursued them on the road leading to a shallow place to cross the Jordan River. As soon as the king's men had left, the gate was closed. Before the spies fell asleep, Rahab went up to them on the roof. She said to them, I know the Lord will give you this land. Your presence terrifies us. All the people in the country are deathly afraid of you. We've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea in front of you when you left Egypt. We've also heard what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, who ruled east of the Jordan River. We've heard how you destroyed them for the Lord. When we heard about it, we lost heart. There was no courage left in any of us because of you. The Lord your God is the God of heaven and earth. Please swear by the Lord that you'll be as kind to my father's family as I've been to you. Also, give me some proof that you'll protect my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and their households, and that you'll save us from death. The men promised her, We'll pledge our lives for your lives. If you don't tell anyone what we're doing here, we'll treat you kindly and honestly when the Lord gives us this land. So she let them down by a rope from her window, since her house was built into the city wall. She lived in the city wall. She told them, Go to the mountains so that the men who are pursuing you will not find you. Hide there for three days until they return to Jericho, then you can go on your way. The men told her, We will be free from the oath which you made us swear, if you tell anyone what we are doing here. When we invade your land, tie this red cord in the window through which you let us down. Also, gather your father, mother, brothers, and all your father's family into your house. Whoever leaves your house will be responsible for his own life. We will be free from that responsibility, but we will take responsibility if anyone inside your house is harmed. If you tell anyone what we're doing here, we will be free from the oath which you made us swear. I agree, she said. So she let them go and tied the red cord in the window. The men went to the mountains and stayed there for three days until the king's men returned to Jericho. The king's men had searched for them all along the road, but had not found them. Then the two spies came down out of the mountains, crossed the Jordan River, and returned to Joshua, son of Nun. They told him everything that had happened to them. They told Joshua, The Lord has given us this whole country. The people who live there are deathly afraid of us. Joshua chapter 3 The next morning Joshua and all the people of Israel got up early, left the camp at Acacia, and went to the Jordan, where they camped while waiting to cross it. Three days later, the leaders went through the camp and told the people, When you see the priests carrying the covenant box of the Lord your God, break camp and follow them. You have never been here before, so they will show you the way to go. But do not get near the covenant box. Stay about a half a mile behind it. Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, because tomorrow the Lord will perform miracles among you. Then he told the priests to take the covenant box and go with it ahead of the people they did as he said. The Lord said to Joshua, What I do today will make all the people of Israel begin to honor you as a great man, and they will realize that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests, carrying the covenant box, that when they reach the river, they must wade in and stand near the bank. Then Joshua said to the people, Come here and listen to what the Lord your God has to say. As you advance, He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. You will know that the living God is among you when the covenant box of the Lord of all the earth crosses the Jordan ahead of you. Now choose twelve men, one from each of the tribes of Israel. When the priests who carry the covenant box of the Lord of all the earth put their feet in the water, the Jordan will stop flowing and the water coming downstream will pile up in one place." It was harvest time, and the river was in flood. When the people left the camp to cross the Jordan, the priests went ahead of them, carrying the covenant box. As soon as the priests stepped into the river, the water stopped flowing and piled up, far upstream at Adam, the city beside Zarethan. The flow downstream to the Dead Sea was completely cut off and the people were able to cross over near Jericho. While the people walked across on dry land, the priests carrying the Lord's covenant box stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until all the people had crossed over. Joshua chapter 4 When the whole nation had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men, one from each tribe, and command them to take twelve stones out of the middle of the Jordan from the very place where the priests were standing. Tell them to carry these stones with them and to put them down where you camp tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men he had chosen, and he told them, Go into the Jordan ahead of the covenant box of the Lord your God. Each one of you take a stone on your shoulder, one for each of the tribes of Israel. These stones will remind the people of what the Lord has done. In the future, when your children ask what these stones mean to you, you will tell them that the water of the Jordan stopped flowing when the Lord's covenant box crossed the river. These stones will always remind the people of Israel of what happened here. The men followed Joshua's orders. As the Lord had commanded Joshua, they took twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the tribes of Israel, carried them to the camping place, and put them down there joshua also set up twelve stones in the middle of the jordan where the priests carrying the covenant box had stood these stones are still there the priests stood in the middle of the jordan until everything had been done that the lord ordered joshua to tell the people to do this is what moses had commanded the people hurried across the river when they were all on the other side the priests with the lord's covenant box went on ahead of the people The men of the tribes of Reuben and Gad, and of half the tribe of Manasseh, ready for battle, crossed ahead of the rest of the people, as Moses had told them to do. In the presence of the Lord, about 40,000 men, ready for war, crossed over to the plain near Jericho. What the Lord did that day made the people of Israel consider Joshua a great man. They honored him all his life, just as they had honored Moses. Then the Lord told Joshua to command the priests carrying the covenant box to come up out of the Jordan. Joshua did so, and when the priests reached the river bank, the river began flowing once more and flooded its banks again. The people crossed the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and camped at Gilgal, east of Jericho. There Joshua set up the twelve stones taken from the Jordan, and he said to the people of Israel, In the future, when your children ask you what these stones mean, you will tell them about the time when Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Tell them that the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan for you until you had crossed, just as He dried up the Red Sea for us. Because of this, everyone on earth will know how great the Lord's power is, and you will honor the Lord your God forever. Joshua chapter 5 Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at gibeath -er ha Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness forty years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land He had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So He raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised, because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, But as commander of the army of the Lord I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Sometimes people will say, God can't save me. He can't forgive me. I've lived a terrible life. Or God could never use me. You don't know what I've done. In chapter 2, we read of the spies that Joshua sent into the town of Jericho. And these spies stayed at the house of a prostitute by the name of Rahab. We read how she hid them and saved their lives and made a deal with them that they would save her life. There's a long story about that, of course. Well, here's the rest of her story. Rahab married Salmon, an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. Her son was Boaz, who we'll read about later, the husband of Ruth, who we'll also read about later. Joseph, the legal father of Jesus, is her direct descendant. That's right. In Jesus' genealogy is a prostitute. And true, Jesus is not Joseph's biological son, but it would be understandable if God chose not to use a family line for Jesus' stepfather that included a prostitute, right? Well, here's the lesson for us all. Rahab's sinful life was forgiven because of her faith in God. And when God forgives, that sin is as if it never existed. And besides that, what family doesn't include those who have sinned? There isn't one, is there? As Paul says in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is without sin. It's what we do with God that determines whether that sin defines us. I learned several years ago from a, uh, a great aunt of mine that my family line, I am descended from a murderer. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know anything about that man's life other than uh, he committed this murder somewhere in Arkansas and uh, then ran away, moved from that area, and changed his name. And that's why all of a sudden in my family line, we go from one last family name to another. So you never know. No family line for sure is without sin. And knowing that, it seems silly to me that some Bible commentators in the past have tried to say that Rahab was an innkeeper, not a prostitute. She had them into her house because, well, she was an innkeeper. It was her job. These commentators thought it was shameful that a prostitute would be in the lineage of Jesus. But when you read it in the original language, there's no mistaking it. Rahab was a prostitute. And as we read through the Bible this year, you'll see that God does not pull punches in describing real life and real sin. That Rahab was a prostitute is lightweight compared to some of the things we'll read. As always, I invite your comments, and I'll share some comments from the Lifespring family on the show. Remember, I don't want you to just listen. I want you to participate, as a family does. You are a part of the show, so chime in. You can do so at comment.lifespringmedia.com or you can email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Well, how'd you find the show? Did a friend tell you? Did you hear about the show on another podcast? Did you hear me interviewed on another podcast? Did you learn about it in a dream? Let me know. Email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com and use the subject line, here's where I found you. I got an email today from Jim in Spring Hill, Tennessee. He said, I'm a long-time listener to the No Agenda podcast, as well as a night and producer. That's where I learned of your podcast and ministry. Thank you, and thank you for your courage. I'm enjoying the daily podcast, and I pray I can stay disciplined to listen. So there's another No Agenda producer who's checked in. Fantastic. Are there any more? Jim, thanks for answering the question. Hang in there. You can do it. And from one night to another, thank you for your courage as well. You didn't tell us your night name. Let me know that. And as you know, I'm Sir OG Godcaster. Who would have thunk? Anyway, thanks again. Steve at LifespringMedia.com. Use the subject line, here's where I found you. This day in church history, September 7th, 1559. Robert Estienne, also known as Robertus Stephanus and Robert Stevens, well, he passed away on September 7, 1559. He was a French scholar and printer who, in 1551, did something for which every Bible student since owes a debt of gratitude. He was the first to print the Bible with modern verse divisions. Can you imagine reading or studying a Bible with no verse divisions? What took so long? And then in 1724, in Germantown, Pennsylvania, the first congregation of German Dunkards is formed. No, no, I didn't say drunkards, Dunkards. They were called Dunkards because their method of baptism was to immerse the new believer three times. Dunk him once, dunk him twice, dunk him three times. The group was led by Peter Becker, and the group was founded in Schwarzenau, Germany in 1708. Good old Schwarzenau Deutschland. The name Church of the Brethren was officially adopted in 1908. And it just occurred to me, (laughs) I guess maybe because I'm tired, I don't know, the German Dunkards is very similar to, you remember the murderer I was telling you about? The name that he took once he ran away from the murder was Duncan. Yeah, so I have Duncans in my (laughs) family lineage So I wonder if any of the Duncans were Dunkards. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm tired. If you like the show, would you please review it? Go to reviews at lifespringmedia.com. Leave a review. Only takes a few minutes, and it helps me to know what you like about the show and maybe what you don't. It's all right. I can take it. Reviews.lifespringmedia.com. Have you signed up for the newsletter yet? Well, hurry up. Get on that list now because I'm sending out a new newsletter tomorrow. In the newsletter, I'll let you know what the uh, readings will be for the upcoming week. And I also will include some little tidbits that you did not hear on the show. Go to news.lifespringmedia.com and get signed up. I promise I'm not going to sell your name. Our reading tomorrow will be Psalms 3 through 5. Be sure you're subscribed. Go to subscribe.lifespringmedia.com if you're not subscribed, because there are some easy tools there to help you get subscribed. Or in your podcast app, all you got to do is search for Steve Webb, that's me, or Lifespring Family Audio Bible. And speaking of apps, you need one of the new Podcasting 2.0 certified apps that you find at newpodcastapps.com. Why is that? Because you can stream sats and boost when you hear something that you particularly like. And speaking of that, now would be a good time to boost. (laughs) Boost. 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 Boost represents the future of podcasting. One last thing. Please tell a friend about the show. One way we can make the world a better place is to get God's word into more hands and more ears. That's what this show is all about. As a member of the LifeSpring family, that's one of the greatest things you could do. Share. All right. Comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. I'll read some of your comments on the show. I want to hear from you. And until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thanks for being here. My name is Steve Webb. God bless you. Bye.